Welcome to the Truth For Your 20s podcast. This is where we have weekly conversations with the people I love most from the internet as we navigate all the things we wish we knew when we were 20. My goal is to help you avoid heartache, go further, faster, and have a more joy-filled life. And today, you guys, I am kind of a fan of the guy who wrote, not a fan, Kyle Alderman. He has a new book coming out. If you haven't heard of him, you will after this podcast episode, and I highly, highly recommend the book he wrote called Not a Fan, and his new book, When Your Way Isn't Working. How relatable is that? That's my own story. We'll share about that later in the episode. But first, our review of the week. This is very profound. I hope you're sitting down. It says, dun, 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 this podcast is bussin' bussin'. I'm so touched. I might cry. <laughs> Just kidding. That is from Hannah Slays. Hannah Slays, thank you for your kind words. And if you are listening, you have listened before, you have found value from the conversations on this podcast. The biggest gift you can give me is to leave a podcast review. Just hit pause, go to Spotify or iTunes. They really, really help us grow. And your podcast, you're taking just 30 seconds, leaving a quick note about this podcast would mean the world. Okay, let's get into this episode. Hello, this is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. My name is Katie, and today we are talking about the million-dollar question, when your way of doing things isn't working. And I have with me a guest you have probably heard of, Kyle Alderman. I'm so excited to have you here. You wrote the book, well, a lot of books, but the book that um, that I heard you through was Not a Fan, such a a great book, like life-changing, I would say. And here you are with a brand new book that comes out in June, When Your Way Isn't Working. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm excited about this book. It's a little bit different for me. It's a little bit more uh, personal and uh, a little bit more, I guess I would say, vulnerable for me. But it definitely comes out of the overflow of things that God has been doing in my life, even though some of those things weren't necessarily invited, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of us know what that's like. Sure. So funny. I was just talking to my daughters about Taylor Swift, as one does, <laughs> as daughters. <laughs> and her, her songwriting, I, I have a point, I promise her songwriting, you know, is, is vulnerable. It is, it is, is her diary in a tune and she just put it, but that, I think that that is probably why she's so famous and why we relate to her song so much. And so anyway, just encouragement that I'm, I'm sure when the book is in everyone's hand, that it will probably be what will be so magnetic about it. Just this vulnerability. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. You know, I, I know that what God does in us you know, he'll do through us. And sometimes we want God to do things through us without him doing things in us. And it just never seems to work that way. It's in you and then through you that it seems to work. Yes. Amen. Uh, Well, real quick, you have three 20 something daughters. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. I do. And then I have an 18 year old son who's getting ready to graduate from high school. So three. I love it. So you're in it. You're in it. You, you know, and you love this age group as I do. do. And Mm -hmm. so that's awesome. Well, I I haven't booked the book here. And I did notice it was um, just vulnerable and real and I love it, but um, let's get into it. So really this kind of was birthed out of a season of feeling exhausted. Is that right? Yeah. I had a extended time of just uh, a lot of pressure and feeling worn out, tired. And it's one thing to deal with that for like a few weeks or even a few months. But, you know, when that feeling of exhaustion or discouragement or just kind of this underlying sense of frustration, when that just keeps going and you start to realize that um, things aren't quite right, like you're not yourself. And you'll have people say that to you, like, 
they'll be like, um, you haven't seemed like yourself lately, or are you doing okay? Is everything okay? I started to get more and more of those kinds of questions, people expressing those kinds of concerns. And um, so other people could see that my way wasn't working before I did. Mm -hmm. But when it just keeps going, that's when it starts to become more obvious to the people around you. I'm writing that down when other people start to notice it, because I think that's huge because a lot of times we will discount that. And then also, I mean, we can get on a rabbit trail, but having good people in your life who will notice that and say with love, Hey, you all right over there? Yeah, for real. And, And they may not say it. They may not know exactly what to say, but you'll hear them express it just the way you said it, you know, everything. Okay. And when you hear that, the tendency is to dismiss it and say, well, yeah, everything's fine. But to lean into that when you start hearing that from people who care about you and to ask yourself, yeah, you know what? Is everything okay? Because I, I think, you know, we see it in other people, but sometimes we're slow to see in ourselves what needs to be addressed. Seeing in the mirror is often the hardest, yeah. the hardest one. So that led you to take a sabbatical. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that. I'm sure you're a busy guy. You're a leader of an extremely popular church, writing books, kids. You can't just be like, yeah, I'm out. So talk to me about that. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sure there are a ton of people who uh, hear that and be like, well, that'd be nice. It'd be nice just to take a break from college. It'd be nice just to take a break from my job. Um, and I I did not think it was nice. Like, I didn't want to do it. I, I was... Um, you know, busy, felt like I had a lot of purpose. There were a lot of things going well, and I didn't want to let go of those things. But if you think of a sabbatical like an extended Sabbath, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Bible talks to us a lot about um, honoring God with a Sabbath, meaning that we have these rhythms where we set aside work and set aside distractions and, you know, set aside whatever it is, the screen, our phones, and and we focus on on God. And I would say that when you skip enough Sabbaths, then a sabbatical becomes more necessary. Uh, so for me, the sabbatical was not something I really wanted to do. Um, but if you think of sabbatical as like a Sabbath, and it's an extended time of not just rest, but a time of reconnecting um, with God and a time to set aside a lot of the the pressures and stresses and and distractions um, that can be pretty dominating in life and say, okay, I in this season, I'm going to focus first and foremost on reconnecting with Jesus and then aligning my life with um, his priorities and with mm-hmm. the rhythms that honor him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can you, I, I want you to stop there for a minute and unpack it because I, it might be, oh yeah, I'm going to get a cabin in the woods and I'm going to re- reconnect with Jesus and reprioritize. We don't talk about that a lot. Like, what does that look like? One of my favorite sayings is you can't be what you can't see. That's not on TV. We might not see that modeled at home. So yeah, can you unpack that a little bit? Yeah. So I would say that the the idea of a rhythm is really helpful in this. Yeah. You know, that we can't often just fully unplug from everything. That's not typically much of an option for us. But what we can do is say, okay, I'm going to start my day 15 minutes earlier, and I'm just going to do that consistently, and I'm going to use that as a time of connecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what your rhythm is like when you start the day, but you know, for a lot of people, it just immediately starts with pressure, or the first thing they do is get on their phones and check what they missed during the night. Um, you know, it, it, it's difficult to 
set that time aside, but it's incredibly important. And same thing I would say in the evenings, you know, before you go to bed as you just take 10 minutes and you have that connecting time with Jesus and the shower, when I take a shower, I, I bring my uh, phone in the shower with me, turn on worship music and I just sing along. And, um, you know, I think those types of rhythms where you, you have consistent, habitual, intentional connecting points with God is, is, is the idea that mm-hmm. you you build those into your day and you honor them. We were just talking about that with our youngest daughter. Uh, she, she's a volleyball and, you know, it's not this, I'm going to practice real hard one time for three hours. It's the consistency of the 30 minutes and the little things. And I think that we discount that because we live in a culture of the aha moments and the magic pill and the weight loss in 20 days or whatever it is. But you're right. You know, it's like, if you, don't, if you show up to the gym one time, cool, <laughs> but that's not going to, Yeah, it's the consistency. So I think that that's super, super powerful. Yeah. I think there's a, spiritually speaking, that concept is, is really significant and it's an yeah. agricultural image that's used in the Bible. You know, the idea of, of, of sowing and reaping that, yeah. you know, a farmer doesn't go out, plant seeds in the ground, because they want some watermelon that night. Like it doesn't work that way. You've got to plant the seeds, water it, cultivate it, and then the fruit starts to come. Yeah. And um, and when you start to get the fruit, you start to see it, then it motivates you. You want to do it more, but you, you've got to be intentional and consistent for a, enough time for the fruit to begin to bear. Yeah. Um, all right. Coming back to this question of when your way isn't working, one of the references you mentioned in the in the book was about Peter and doing this whole fishing thing and he's fishing all night long and doesn't catch anything. And then Jesus is like, do it again. And I, I know there's so much to unpack there of this idea of like, uh, I've already done it. I've worked hard. Do you don't even know you do the preaching and I do the fishing as you said, oh, that's hilarious. Anyways. Um, that's so applicable into our lives. Like I've done the work, God, why isn't it working out the way? I want it to work out. And that's what you unpack a lot in the book. So talk yeah. to me about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when, when Peter has spent all night fishing, hasn't catch anything. And Jesus says, I want you to go back and try it again. Um, what Peter knows is that his way hasn't worked. Peter's yeah. way hasn't worked. Now Jesus is asking him to do something um, again, a little bit different, but the conditions are actually worse. Yeah, you know, the sun is up. It's hot heat of the day. And Jesus says, go back out and fish. And, and here's the application. The idea is when your way isn't working, Jesus is going to ask you to do some things that you may not feel like doing. You may not want to do. It may not make sense to you. It may not be comfortable. It may be inconvenient, but Peter's response is, you know, because you say so, Jesus, I'll do it. In other words, I don't want to do it. Like I want to go home, but because you say so, I'm going to do this. And, and my encouragement would be like, when your way isn't working, the tendency is going to be to only do what you want to do. Yeah. But that is, the, that is the time when you most need to say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to do what you tell me to do, even if I don't want to, even if I don't feel like it, even if it doesn't make sense. Because doing things my way hasn't worked. And so I need to try things a different way, even though they might be uh, uncomfortable or new or... Um, you know, stretching for me. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. (laughs) That's everything right there. There's so much, you know, I was actually just on a mentoring call before we, we got on this podcast recording and 
a young girl in a relationship that she knows is, you know, she needs to get out of it. And actually she's having a really stressful, but exciting fruit basket turnover of her life, um, Mm. moving job change boyfriend that she knows needs to end. And also she's really, really exploring her faith for the first time. Mm. And I think that everything you said just made me think of where she is of this, uh, like this is going to be painful, but that's when the good stuff happens. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, it requires you to be dependent on on God in a way that might feel scary, but is also freeing. You know, where if you say, okay, God, I recognize there's a lot happening here. I don't really know what to do. So I'm going to depend on you in a way that I haven't before and see what happens. And, and that's the journey of faith. And, I, you know, it's a great adventure, but it, it, it's not easy. And it is, yeah, it's a little bit scary. Yeah. <laughs> In this example, and obviously there's a million different examples, but when Peter went out and he bought, he caught more fish than his, his boat began sinking. Like, and that's just an example of sometimes when our way isn't working and we've done all the things. And it's like, I I mean, for my own story, it was like, God, I've tried to find happiness and boyfriends and popularity and all of these empty promises that weren't working. And it was kind of like this, whatever. Okay. I'll be a Christian. (laughs) And then like, Oh, like then it was like real fulfillment, like real joy that, you know, the boat so full kind of idea. And I think the encouraging thing, you know, on that is if you, if, if, you know, someone who's listening to this feels like, you know, nothing has worked and they're really frustrated, whether it's with a relationship or with their future or, you know, the job thing hasn't worked out how they thought it would, or they've changed majors five times. And, you know, sometimes when your way isn't working and it's the most it feels the most that way. You've never been closer to a new way of some uh, of experiencing life. Meaning that, you know, Peter didn't know he was that close to some kind of a breakthrough. Right. But sometimes, you know, when we're the most frustrated, when we most feel discouraged, we're, we've never been closer to something new if we'll surrender those things over to Jesus. Hey, I hope you're loving this episode. And if you've been around here for a minute, you know that everything I do is to be who I needed when I was younger. And one of those favorite things I like to offer is online mentoring. Basically, my calendar's up, you pick a time you want to chat with me, and we make it happen. But I noticed in a lot of these calls, some of the same things come up. So what I did is just recorded everything, recorded relationship advice, money advice, faith callings and questions, whatever it may be. I just recorded all of the most common things I hear in mentoring calls and have it available for you whenever you want to download it. Think about this as all the best advice from the podcast, what you might not hear on mentoring calls and everything else from the internet all piled together. And by truth for your twenties listeners get $20 off with promo code truth. So the link is going to be waiting for you in my show notes and also my link in bio on Instagram, but it's basically all my best big sister advice, everything from online mentoring right there. My goal is this to be just a valuable resource for you to dive into anytime you need it, get a refresher anytime you need it. You can watch it unlimited amount of times. I had a girl message me saying she watched it twice because it was that helpful and you get $20 off with promo code truth. So the link again is right here in the show notes and I hope you gain some truths for your twenties. I wonder if you can just kind of talk some that you share in the book about like this, this desire for stability busyness even, and kind of what you talked about before you took that sabbatical of, I don't want to do this. I don't want to step away yet needing to, and also 
what hangs in the balance of us to keep going in our way of doing things. Yeah. You know, it, it's really helpful to pay attention to like four emotions I talk about in the book Yes, that start to surface um, when, when you know you need to make that leap. So uh, one emotion is discouragement and, you know, everybody's discouraged from time to time, but when it's like this prolonged uh, disproportionate discouragement where it just kind of feels heavy and overwhelming and it just won't leave. Yeah. And then there is um, frustration where you just have this underlying sense of irritability with people and little things frustrate you and you don't know why. Uh, the third thing is fatigue, where you feel unmotivated. You don't feel like getting out of bed. You feel tired physically. Your body just says something isn't right. And and then finally, the, the fourth thing is anxiety, when you just feel um, this uh, this weight of fear when you think about, okay, what else is going to happen? You know, my way's not working. What's going to happen next? And when when those four emotions start to define you, when those start to become words that just describe you, um, it's a pretty good indication that your way isn't working and that what you really need to focus on is is connection. So the the argument that I make in the book is that when our way isn't working, we have a tendency to want to fix it by doing things. We want to produce more. We want to change habits. We want to, you know, behavior modification our way out of it. Yeah. And and there's a place for that. Like there's a place to make some changes. I'm not saying there's not. I'm saying it begins with connecting deeply with Jesus. Like if you just focus on, focus on habit change, it doesn't tend to last, which lead, leads you even, leaves you even more discouraged, more frustrated, more tired, more anxious. And, and so focusing on connecting deeply with Jesus and then from that connection, um, making some changes in your life. And, and so the image Jesus gives us of this in John 15 is of a vine with branches. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you'll bear much fruit apart from me. You can't do anything. And to see your life as a branch connected to the vine. Like if you just say my primary purpose is to be the branch, I'm going to stay connected to Jesus. If you do that, then things will start to change. Your behaviors will start to change. Your attitudes will start to change. I mean, it's the fruit of the spirit will start to grow in your life. And so making your focus on connection rather than on, on the production, on the change side of things. I think I remember reading that too. And I love, and I think I highlighted that the connection versus the production or no, it was what you're talking about revival. Oh, I need just hold a hot minute. I need you to talk because I am someone who goes to college campuses a lot. I am the one I feel like crying in the wilderness saying, I see revival with young people. I, I believe it. I like that Jesus revolution movie that just came out, how this happened in the seventies. I think that we're on the cusp of this happening today with young people. And I know you've talked about that recently on social media and how revival isn't the production and it starts with prayer. Um, I know I'm kind of going on a side, but I just no, want, okay. I would love for you to talk about that for a minute. Yeah. So I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. So I'm about an hour away from where um, the Asbury yes. revival took place. And, and uh, I went up there and, and one of the things that I was you know, struck by uh, in experiencing that is just the emphasis on two things, repentance and reconciliation. Yes. Like it wasn't about the, it wasn't about the pr- production or the programming. It, it was about, connection 
to God through repentance and connection to one another through reconciliation. And so when you see people doing these things that they don't want to do, nobody wants to in their flesh, you know, repent and no one in their flesh wants to uh, reconcile, meaning that we, we, we want to hold on to our bitterness and our anger. You know, it's counterintuitive to, to want to give grace when you don't think it's deserved, but, but revival, I think comes when those two connections are prioritized, where it's repentance and it's reconciliation and, and just getting a chance to see that and experience that um, made me realize how true it is. Like you can't, you can't produce your way into it. You can't make it happen. But when you do those things, it, it will, it will come. Yeah. And, and revival starts within one person and, you know, in like, Mark Batterson says, draw a circle around yourself and say revival starts right here. And I just, I love that. And, and this is such a, like when your way isn't working, when you've tried everything else, well, maybe revival starts right here and then your roommate and then your friend. And you know, like it, it, I just get all of my feels about that kind of talk. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. So this all sounds inspiring. Like, yes, revival. Yes. I know my way isn't working. I, I know there's a better way. Jesus is the answer, but distractions. Talk to us about things that get in the way because we, we might know on paper, this all sounds good, but why, why aren't we, if our way, as you said, our, if our way of working, of doing things was working, <laughs> we would be further yeah. along by now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, there are a number of distractions that I would uh, point out, but I, I think, you know, if I could just pick a couple of them, I would, I would say first, if I could put it under the umbrella of external input. And by that, I mean things like our phones, our screens, um, you know, YouTube shorts, yeah. uh, you know, TikTok. It's, it's the stuff where you're, you're just constantly getting this input. And, and the, the equation here is that the more internal input you have, the less external or the more, the more external input you have, the more, the less internal reflection you tend to do. Mm. So I, the more input I'm getting, the less reflection I do. And, and so if I can remove some of that input, if I can just take a break from some of those things, if I can fast from some of those things, um, then it begins to create some space for reflection. It begins to create more space for connection. Um, and, and if, you know, for me, if I look at my, um, if I look at my screen time, I can tell you by the end of the week, by looking at my screen time, where I'm at spiritually, Mm. I I really can. I can tell you if I have during the week taken the time to connect with Jesus and others the way that I need to, in a way that's good for my soul, the way that honors God by looking at what the numbers are on my screen time. It's that close of a correlation. I don't think I'm alone. I think that a lot of people, if they actually studied it that way and looked at it that way, they would see there is a direct connection to the way they connect to Jesus and others and the way they connect to, um, you know, their screens. So I think that's one thing. And then, um, you know, the other, the other distraction roadblock for us, um, on some of this, um, would be, would just be pride. You know, it's really difficult to say, you know, my way's not working. I need some help. I can't do this on my own. Um, it's not, that's not easy to do. I, I, I don't, you know, I'm not very good at asking for help. I like helping people, but I don't like being helped. And, and yet when your way isn't working, you can almost, you know, never fix that by yourself. 
you know, that's, that's why you need the the body of Christ. That's why you need other believers to share life with. Um, you know, we, we need each other. Yeah. Amen. I know we're getting short on time. Is there anything else you want to just like make sure our audience knows? My, my biggest encouragement to them would be to try it. Yeah. You you know that I I wish on some of these things, I just would have tried it earlier because if I would have prioritized some of this connection, um, teaching in scripture, I would have seen the fruit of it and I would have become more committed to it. Yeah. But I was so focused on production. I was so busy and distracted with things that weren't bad, yeah. good things, um, that it made it hard. And so I, I would love to challenge. I mean, I would love to have learned some of this, you know, 20 years ago. And so that would be my encouragement is maybe you're skeptical, you know, try it yeah. and, and, see, and see if that isn't what your soul was, was made for. Oh, that'll preach. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much, Kyle. I love your teaching. I'm excited about this book and social media, all that good stuff. Yeah, you can find me on um, you know Instagram or, or Facebook, or you can uh, go to kyleidelman.com. There's some free resources and, and helps on there as well. Uh, and then, yeah, check out the book uh, online. That would be great. And also read, after you read this one, read Not a Fan, because it's so yeah, good. good. Great. <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode, I would enjoy you sharing it with a friend. If you take a screenshot and share it on your social, make sure you give me a tag at Katie Bulmer Life, and I will definitely make sure I respond. And thank you so much for sharing the love. Hey, and if you're new to the podcast, make sure you scroll back. We have over 100 episodes interviewing experts and 20-somethings and everyone in between tackling all the hottest topics you wish you knew, but maybe just don't. This is called the Truth for Your 20s podcast, and I'm so thankful that you are here.